guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Pato. And also... Chris from Conspire Theory. How's it going, guys? Oh my gosh, we have another guest on the show. Are, are you excited, Pat? I'm super psyched. I'm stoked. Are you excited, Chris? I'm so excited. I'm so glad you guys don't have video to see how excited I am. <laughs> well, Pat, turn on that video real quick. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Patreon only. <laughs> if you want the good, gotta you got to subscribe. <laughs> got to take my ears off. Oh gosh, uh, so yeah, we have a uh, we're doing another guest show. Um, super exciting, as as you guys know by the topic already. It's going to be interesting, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Pato, how was your weekend? My weekend was fan fucking tastic. Uh, fans of the show will remember last episode. I was near death. Uh, I was I was at the end of my line. I was feeling absolutely terrible. Um, I had been partying almost nonstop since Memorial Day. Uh, it was just like a rapid succession of Memorial Day, the Whiteville UFO trip to Virginia with you guys, uh, Father's Day, 4th of July, and then I just absolutely crashed. Uh, I was sick. My kid was sick. We both had fevers. I had to go to the cardiologist, I think, uh, Tuesday, like right before we recorded last week's episode. I was like at the heart doctor. And uh, everything's fine now. But it was it, last week was a rough fucking go of things, and uh, I'm back, clean and sober, and uh, enjoying life, and uh, yeah. So it was a shitty week, but uh, it was a great weekend. I went and I saw Thor and Elvis. Wow. Um, Thor was probably the better of the two movies, but Elvis was not bad, and it led to us doing our fan poll, which you guys have probably seen right now. An overwhelming majority of people thought that we should do an episode on the elvis phenomenon um which i'm down for man i think it'll be neat you know that was kind of like one of the og i don't want to say conspiracy theories but like growing up in the 80s it was all over weekly world news and the national Enquirer, elvis flying ufos into the bermuda triangle or whatever kind of crazy shit they came up with uh elvis was kind of synonymous with conspiracies and the paranormal and stuff and, um, you know, actual history aside, I think the, uh, the legend is kind of, uh, worth delving into and it looks like we might get to do an episode on that. So I'm totally stoked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sure. uh, something else I want to pimp real quick. I, I, I spent a lot of this weekend playing the quarry. I know we talk about gaming from time to time on here. This is probably one of my favorite video games of the past. I don't know how fucking long, um, Anyone that's old enough to remember Sega CD when it first came out and those full motion video. Oh, yeah. Um, Tunnel rat. Yeah, uh, sewer rat. Sewer rat. Sewer, Shoot the, the tubes, rat. dog meat. <laughs> um, those, those, uh, Night Trap was another big famous one, right? Uh, this is kind of like that was an early foray into interactive, interactive video gaming. Uh, Dragon Lair, you know, uh, where you would just. Kind of get, yeah. 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 Don, Don Bluth did both of those. Um, kind of like that and it's it's a horror movie with david arquette justice smith ethan serpley lance hendrickson um the, the chick from uh modern family with the big knockers uh tons and tons of people it's it's awesome it's worth checking out uh had an awesome time playing that this weekend and what else uh boys was good did we talk about the stranger things finale we're not going to okay We'll no. skip over that. Uh, <laughs> Metallica. 
uh beach bunny this band i found chicago <laughs> they got a song entropy entropy it's a song of the summer check it out and uh that was my weekend lots okay. of media lots of consuming lots of positive media stuff that makes me happy listening sure. to good tunes playing good video games watching good movies seeing good tv recharge my batteries i'm ready to go asher's on to you <laughs> i had a good weekend my weekend was good i uh we went to the zoo on sunday which was fantastic but before i went to the zoo on sunday um we went out and we went investigating what'd you investigate i haven't done in a long time just guess what i investigated just guess um better not be the serpent mound no okay uh bigfoot no mothman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. It was Dog Man. Okay. <laughs> I know you hate that guy, but yeah, I did. We, uh, me and Anne went out and uh, went to the area I was talking about last week on last week's show. Um, you know, and we didn't really, you know, I'll be honest with you. The goal, I had a goal in mind and, and I wanted to really, you know, get out and really explore this area and really look for physical evidence of things. Um, but we get in the car and Anne starts talking and Anne did not stop talking. And that's okay. Anne really needed to vent. And so we spent most of the just, we just kind of drove around. Nothing really odd happened until we ended up in this like weird kind of spot. And she, you know, kind of, Anne's just talking and just, you know, talking about her life and just things that are going on, whatever. She's venting away. And then she stops and she goes, Where the fuck are we? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because we were in a spooky area. And then, you know, I kind of told her, um but i did get to stop off in a small town right there outside of where this alleged dog band lives i guess or whatever and um i stopped at a bar there and i asked the people at the bar like hey tell me about your monster and uh they didn't know what the fuck i was talking about (laughs) okay so i'm like well the one woman i'm like trying to explain it to the bartender and he's like as hick as hick can get like this man knows very basic vocabulary and probably little to no math right and he is just extremely basic and uh, i'm trying to explain to him what it is i'm there doing and he's not really getting it so one of the patrons there at the bar was like oh you know she does like uh you know told him about 40 investigator he didn't know what that was i told him um you know and she's like well you know she she does like so and so does i don't know she named some name or whatever and uh i was like oh so you know so i started talking i'm like oh you know about this beast and she's just like nope and that was it. We're not talking anymore about it. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but we'll definitely be going out and checking out the area more and better. Where um, was this? This was still in Ohio, or did you? Did this you is, yeah, this is this German, This is Germantown, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's not far. It's about twenty minutes away from where I live. Um, so it is, you know, very basic. But yeah, we went out there, and like I said, didn't find anything, but didn't really get to look for anything either. Um, just because it ended up being a therapy session and that's fine sometimes you got to do that you know and that was just fine I did give Anne a bunch of homework to do though and uh, so things are going to start and it's going to be very interesting what we find um, as far as the history of the area and just all kinds of shit but anyway that's what I did this weekend that was my weekend when you're at at the zoo did you like uh, ask them about their security cameras and stuff because remember, though, there was that supposed dog man that got spotted outside the Amarillo Zoo, mm-hmm. which that I, yeah. was 
I did not, um, just because, you know, the Columbus Zoo and the Amarillo Zoo are two totally different places, so they probably use different things. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it would, um, I didn't think it would make any sense. Now, I did think, because he's from Ohio, um, I didn't, I was going to ask about Coyote Peterson, but it just didn't get to that point. You know, there was a bunch of us, and everybody seemed to, like, take turns bitching. <laughs> everybody was bitching, um, you know, at, at some point in time. I'm going to say right now, the next time I go to the zoo, I'm just fucking somehow going to go by myself. I'm just going to go alone because, like, I am not. The group of people I was with, man, they just wanted to, like, hurry. Like, hurry through the zoo and, like, go see this thing and then go see the next and go see the next. I don't go to the zoo for that. I want to sit there and actually watch the animals. Like, I want to see them do what they do. And as much as I begged and pleaded everybody else to just go on without me and let me do my thing, they would not. So um, <laughs> it was, but it was okay. You know, it was, it was all right. Um, but I didn't really get a chance to talk to the zookeepers or anything like that, which normally I do. Um, but this was just not that trip. So what do you do when you encounter shit energy? It's like, you can either fight it or right. you can just kind of take a step to the left and be like, all right, shit energy. Yeah, much. Like, like, you're just gonna be in a bad mood and that's just gonna be the way you are i'm just gonna <laughs> continue to enjoy myself you know and that was right. kind of the way it was i'm just like you know my mom's like oh she's like everybody's in a bad mood i'm like i'm not in a bad mood i'm just gonna keep going you know <laughs> so, so you're you were with family then i was i was with family yeah my, okay, my immediate that, that, family never never mind then because it, it's you're at the mercy of the whim yeah with my 10 year old also and she doesn't really care for those things so i don't know you know what just a real quick just a real quick aside i remember one time i'm sitting i'm sleeping you know just in my bed doing whatever then my brother bangs on my door says you're gonna come with us to the renaissance fair and like i don't want to go i don't want to go to the renaissance fair then they basically pull me out of my uh, just out of my apartment kidnap me take me to the renaissance fair and, you know, I didn't even have time to put on deodorant, so I stink. And, and you know, everything is horrible. I'm having a terrible time. And then I come back, and then they get mad at me for not having fun. Right. And, and, it's, and it's like, I didn't even want to go. I tried to tell you. So, right. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, and, and it's just that sort of, you know, family type of thing. And, and it's just, it's somehow it's my fault that I didn't have fun on a trip that I didn't want to go to. Yeah, that they dragged I, me to that I asked them not to take me on. I always you know. want to go to the zoo. It's just that I have to re- remind myself that like I don't have fun with my family when I go. Like we just don't. We all want to do. I mean that sounds terrible, but like we all want to do. First of all, my kid doesn't give a shit. Could care less if she she would rather sit at home and play video games or whatever, watch YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, like I said, she just wants to, her her goal is to see absolutely everything and to do it all before noon, and that's not possible. Mm. Uh, you know and then it's just well me and my sister and you know her little family we're all kind of more similar like we can just like relax for a minute you know we can stop off at the elephant enclosure and just hang out for a minute and like chill and they're just not like that they just want to go 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 so just everybody wanted different things and you know like I said didn't really it wasn't a bad time it's just I know my preference and I'm gonna stop um thinking that I can get away with going with the family and that everybody's gonna enjoy themselves because they're just not going to so it's just one of those things um you know i don't know but other than that i mean it was okay it was some family time i'm tired you know from um doing the investigation and then immediately turning around like i don't know just silly stuff my mom's like we got to leave the house by nine and that didn't happen it never does right she wants to leave at 9 a.m and get there at you know the fucking ass crack of dawn for whatever reason and she's like freaking out that we haven't left and i'm like mom 
the zoo's not going to close. They're not going to close because you're not there at 1030. You know, they're, they're going to be open still. <laughs> She's just, I don't know. She's nuts. But anyway, that was my weekend. Yeah. That's yeah. What I Overbearingness, it just, it's just part of the territory. Mm-hmm. It, it just comes with it. It's just a mom thing. <laughs> you did your time. Now you're good for three months. You don't have exactly. to wait. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Just, you did, did your seasonal family hang thing. And Well, we're going to go. I, my daughter's gone, right? She's with my sister in a totally different town. And this doesn't normally happen. So me and my mom are going to go to the movies together. And it's going to be really interesting because we're like, we we get along but we don't get along we never did until very very recent years right and um so i'm kind of giving her another chance to be a mom it's not her fault she wasn't a good mom before it's just that trauma you know generational trauma and uh all that good stuff so but we're going to the movies together and we'll see how that goes so we're gonna go see uh, jurassic world finally oh the last person on the planet i haven't seen it yet well at least the theater will be empty it will not it is still selling out here oh my god yeah still so that'll be great. <laughs> and I know that yeah, because yeah. after the zoo, um, I met up with a coworker for dinner because he had to talk to me about something. And um, we met up and uh, this coworker I used to work with at the movie theater. And he shared an experience with me that he has had uh, with alien activity for most of his life. So, whoa, now, yeah. So now I'm on that trail um, because within the last two weeks, he had watched a show and the encounter that was described in the picture that the contactee had drawn he freaked out he was like i saw this thing and i didn't know that i'd seen it i thought that maybe it was just a dream but i saw this thing and i'll show you how i know this because he pulls out his picture and he drew the exact same thing when it happened that so, is insane right, is he gonna come on the show does he have any desire to talk um, or? i mean he probably you know he probably would i don't know he said this is the first time he's ever shared it with anybody but i don't think it's I don't think it's because he's shy about sharing it. I just think, you know, the stigma of being crazy. But, I mean, if he was in a safe space, he might be Right. He's a fake name. I mean. Uh... <laughs> no, everybody would know who he is. He's a he's an area comedian. <laughs> so yeah. he's... I don't know. I mean, he, he just came out. I don't think the first response is, ah, let me get my claws in you. Right. I mean, I'm not going to ask him to come on the show yet. He's still trying to figure out what is. I mean, that's what he said. I just mm-hmm. wanted to talk to somebody because I want answers. And I'm like, well, I can't promise that I can give them, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> and I can't tell you what those things were, but I, I will certainly give it a go. Yeah, so, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was my weekend. So it was full. Hmm. Cool. R- reminds me of this 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 trailer I seen like uh, hitting the interwebs. It's called it's for this video game called the. Uh, gray hill incident i believe and it's it's one of those you know really atmospheric you know survival horror that's supposed to take place in a town getting abducted by grays and they yeah. and from what i've seen of the trailer they really did their research and you know trying trying to you know capture that sort of fear and atmosphere of huh. course i think the part where there's a bit of a departure is where you can actually you know start shooting up the grace and stuff like that and maybe that might be a bit of departure but it it looks like it's a fun intro uh, introduction to that sort of you know phenomenon stuff uh, you know in video game experiences i mean what's neat about this guy is that i worked with him at the movie theater i worked there i worked at the movie theater for five years and he's he's been there the entire he's been there since the place fucking opened he's been there forever and you know we would sit and have these long conversations and i remember we were talking about horror movies one night and he suggested a movie to me and it is i don't remember what it was but it was about aliens and he was like talking about how horrifying it is he's not scared by horror but he's scared by this because he's scared by aliens and we didn't really go into depth as to why so when he came to me to tell me that 
he believes that one he was abducted as a young child and two he had this incident as an adult as well and probably thinks that other things in his life might be related i mean it just tracked i mean the information tracked again it's not like he had never mentioned anything about it to me before it's just that he had never admitted that anything had ever happened before so i think it's you know i think it's trustworthy I would love to talk to this dude for obvious fucking reasons. Um, Grail <laughs> incident. Tell him about you. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. I was telling him about you. I That's was like, cool. oh, my co-host, this, that, and the other. <laughs> He's also from um, Chicago. Wait, I have to ask you this. He told what? me to ask you this. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a sports person. Neither am I. It's oh, my okay. gosh. I know. Oh, my God. I can't ask you this now. When I don't did he remember. move here? When did he move to Ohio? Uh, I have no idea. But he grew up in Chicago. Uh, I wonder, did his first incident happen here or in Ohio? It would be. It would have been there. And the second incident happened in Ohio. Dude, we got to talk to this dude. <laughs> uh, Greyhill incident. Uh, you know what? Here's I, I totally want to check this out because it's set in 1992. Mm-hmm. The magic year for uh, uh, UFO abductions, alien abductions. Uh, and uh, classic. Uh, it's exactly how um, Chris described it. Survival horror uh with uh where you're you know uh evading grays but um it's only available on steam which i have which is the reason that the show was delayed starting today was because my steam starts up whenever my pc starts up and i have to figure out a way to disable that because i gotta wait for steam to start up just to shut it down to start up my podcasting shit um i usually i'm not too much of a pc gamer i don't even know if my pc can handle this thing but it looks fucking awesome good call chris most of the the it's like small studio independence they're gonna go through that sort of venue it's it's sort of a a thing yeah i'm more of a console gamer but i will definitely give this one a shot if i can run it yeah yeah i think more of the more of these sort of smaller indie studios they're the the console stores and stuff they are figuring out a way to pull more independent content to their platforms yeah well, Steam is coming out with its own console, um, which is going to be like a handheld console. So that's going to be interesting. Somebody was just telling me about this recently. Um, and yeah, they're going to come out with their own actual, you know, like I said, it's a handheld console, but they want to do with it like you do with the Switch and put it, you'd be able to play it on the TV too. Um, then you get access to all the Steam games. So I'll do that in a heartbeat, definitely. That's what I was saying. I was like, well, fuck yeah, that's that's my jam right there. I'll definitely do that. Because I don't play PC games either because I don't, it's not the same thing. Playing on a computer yeah. is not the same thing. <laughs> So, you know, I get it. Anyway, uh, you want to get into some news? Sure. Talk some news. Let's do it. What do you want to talk about first, Pato? Um, well, I know there's two big ones. One of them I'm going to sit out and let you and Chris have fun with, and the other one I am all over. So do you want to take a break from my voice, or do you want to be inundated with it once again? Oh, fuck it. I'll just get into it. So Coyote Peterson, if you guys don't know who this is... People don't have time for us to talk about that. Um, <laughs> they they want to hear the news. <laughs> yeah. um, Coyote Peterson, uh, you know, is a YouTuber. He got really famous on YouTube for letting things bite him. But he's got a background in uh, environmental sciences and zoology and things like that. It's not like this is just some random asshole on YouTube, right? He's had a show on Animal Planet. Um, he's from Ohio. Um, which I don't, I don't think that, you know, hurts or, or pads credibility, but still. Anyway, he made a post on the internet talking about how he found some mysterious primate skull in British Columbia. And the internet, at least the cryptozoology world, fucking exploded. 
because this guy's got um you know millions and millions of followers all across the world and um again people think that he's credible um so nobody really know what new one to think well immediately you could look at the primate skull and it looks exactly like a gorilla a gorilla skull okay and um you know but still let's see what happens he teased he was dropping this video on saturday or this weekend rather so he did he drops this video and says right in the video this is a, a what if scenario everything from here on out is a what if scenario and then they proceed to find the skull so he hoaxed it was a hoax he hoaxed this thing for views and um that's really disgusting so there's that yeah what really got me was the um my first initial when i first saw it was through azure's channel and i'll admit i probably thought that she was maybe like you know you know 4d chess trying to troll me because i'm like oh great she's putting this out she's gonna probably ask so this guy's name is coyote he one of yours chris and i'm like ah <laughs> just because his name is coyote doesn't mean that he's a furry <laughs> i don't you know, know. you sure <laughs> <laughs> but but then of course you know because because in the community you know so many people go by these names you know so-and-so coyote so-and-so fox so-and-so this and when i looked at this i was really astonished at the level of you know, of, of, you know, really good, you know, desktop detective work that a lot of the cryptozoology and people oh, did yeah. matching up the skull, like specifically directly to a replica candidate mm -hmm. that, yeah, this could be this, you know, we're 99% sure it's this specific model. And, you know, when I first saw it, I, I didn't know that it was being presented as a what if scenario. Because right. I think he also implied that, that, you know, oh, I'm going to probably like do some sort of crime sneaking this out. And he it's said like, that he did. Yeah. He said he smuggled yeah, yeah. it past TSA. That, that smuggling it past TSA. And, and there's, there's a thing where, you know, I mean, even in cryptozoology, when you're at the point where you're like openly committing like a, a felony and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's not, no, that doesn't make anyone look good. Right. You know, that, that, that's, that's just a sort of like, what, what the hell are you doing? You don't need to smuggle anything anywhere. It's like, it's evidence you present it. But if there's, if there's some sort of shadiness along with it, like, oh, I got to cloak and dagger this out, you know, then, then you're already, you know, spoiling the stew, so to speak. Well, there's so a this conspiracy that, you know, the government knows about Bigfoot and hides its existence and blah, blah, blah. I mean, listen, I can promise you that they don't. I promise you that they don't. Um, you know, I know that because the government actually makes a lot of money off of conservation. The government ma makes a lot of money off of things that you don't really know about. Like uh, when the, uh, you know, when the, when the COVID packages were coming out, how much shit in those packages had anything to do with COVID, most of it. Most of it had nothing to do with, with what was going on at all. Um, and that's what Congress does, is that when they create this funding for anything, they will pad it with, with a bunch of bullshit that has nothing to do with the actual thing they're trying to fund. So if, if Bigfoot were real, you better believe that they would take full advantage of that and they would just go right in and be like, oh, good, this is real. We need all this money to conserve these things. And most of that money would go to not that. <laughs> So well, it's well, just not there. Yeah. Well, culturally, I mean, if Bigfoot was confirmed, you know, the the traffic to all the nature reserves and stuff and, and camping sites would spike up. And of course, yeah, they would definitely, you know, cash in on that boom, even if it's just, you know, a temporary tourist boom. You know, they, they would definitely I could definitely see the government, you know, renovating, you know, uh, 
camping sites and stuff like that because they expect a bunch of, you know, normie pseudo Bigfooter to just come just for the experience. Right. I I don't I don't know. I don't I hate to be the voice of dissension, but like would it go down like that or once they acknowledge that this creature exists in the wild and it's it's uncontrolled and it's unregulated and it's potentially dangerous but we can't capture it and, and it, you know it's evaded uh like detection for all of this time wouldn't could that maybe drive people in the other direction no or would you not see an increase in campers but an increase of hunters you know what i mean i, I don't know if you put laws in place to protect it from being killed I don't I don't know if well, I can I, I can see the, the spike in hunters, but then there was like a series that was called hunting Bigfoot or killing Bigfoot. And I don't recall them ever bagging anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I, it hasn't. Happened so yet. I'm, I'm not confident that the day that any type of yeah increased gun activity, you know, would would, you know, lead to anything happening. The woods are already not a safe place. You guys ever heard of bears? Yeah. I mean, they'll fucking kill you. Bears will fucking kill you. And that doesn't keep people out of the woods. You know what I mean? So, like, that doesn't make people are what the conspiracy says that the government covers up Bigfoot because it would hurt logging or it would hurt tourism or but we already have logging and tourism and we have fucking bears and cougars and you know what i mean and a million other tiny things that are identified and regulated and tracked and studied they're not regulated and tracked and studied they're identified that's it we don't we don't have fucking trackers on on tarantulas or we don't have tarantulas but we don't have trackers on copperheads you know what i mean like that doesn't happen and it'll still fucking kill you and if you want the rare and endangered you know a spotted owl incident pops up every now and then so it would just be standard procedure right to be like oh someone's all this thing you know it, it just doesn't make sense for the government to cover why why for what reason there's not money there government works for money there's no money to be had if this thing if they're covering it they're spending money to cover it and that just doesn't that doesn't track it doesn't make sense for an animal for an animal that's what it is it's an animal you know so anyway but coyote peterson kind of padded that conspiracy by uh, acting like their pad <laughs> that's that's clever <laughs> well you know <laughs> but no he did um you know to kind of be like oh well, i have to post these and they'll probably get deleted because the government or whatever and it's just ridiculous when really again the video came out and it was fucking it was just fake and you know somebody when when the news broke that it was fake now yes i wanted to believe that this was real I wanted to believe it was. Did I think that it was? No, probably not. However, for my argument, again, Cody Peterson isn't known for doing things like this. Never done anything like this before, right? He's a really credible source. And it did seem odd that he would randomly start doing this or do this for any type of clout. The man doesn't need clout. He's got millions of subscribers on YouTube and a TV show and all, you know, he doesn't need it. He's already, you know, famous. He doesn't need more. Um, You know, it didn't make any sense. So I wanted to hold out hope that maybe this was something even if it was a gorilla skull that doesn't mean you couldn't still find a gorilla skull in north america right it doesn't mean that so i was holding out hope was trying watched the video in the video he's like this is all reenactment it's you know he didn't say it's not real he just said this is a what-up scenario going forward that's what he said and that was it so somebody had posed the question like well if he said it was a what-up scenario then how do you know it's a hoax versus you know him just putting out a tutorial of how this would look which is an idea personally that I have thought of presenting on the show. What if we did discover a cryptid? What would happen next? You know, 
Um, but it's the way he presented it. It's the fact that he put that post out first, made it seem like it was real, and then turned around and is, is like, oh yeah, guys, it was just a fake scenario. Like, no, you can't fucking, you can't do that shit. That hurts us. It hurts my community. I'm not going to have it. So that's what happened. Any other thoughts? Anybody have any other thoughts on the Coyote Peterson? Well, I mean, we'll know that he's desperate when he starts TikTok twerking on the skull. <laughs> then we'll know, because that's usually the barometer is when they start twerking, then we know, okay, they're desperate for, for views and stuff. <laughs> when the twerk comes out. <laughs> I should have tried that a long time ago. Fuck. Um, dude, dude, <laughs> seems dude, to work. dude, dude, dude. There's still time. <laughs> the thing, and it pops off in these fucking, yeah. It pops off. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. <laughs> oh jesus so that's the coyote peterson thing that's big news um but another another piece of big news um you know cern started up the uh large hadron collider and nothing happened um except some people think that it things did happen because the uh somebody freaking blew up the georgia guidestones yeah Yeah. i i was so pissed that happened on wednesday why couldn't they fucking blow them up on tuesday we could have covered it in the show you know what I mean? Like the the worst day in the world to do it. Right. Like the day, yeah. Because that I we never did a Georgia Guidestones episode, and that's something that was probably, you know, I mean, this show will be around forever, uh. So we would have gotten to it eventually, but I mean, like yeah. within the next year at least, we would have done a Georgia Guidestones yeah. episode. I guess we and, got so familiar with them that we kind of took them for granted. I, I guess that's why it 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 came out as such a shock, you know. I could have believed that they've been around since 1979. I I remember just hearing about these probably within the past 10 years, maybe. I didn't know about this like until I'd say post year 2000. Um, I had no idea these things existed, and uh, yeah, they were relatively new to my radar. I mean, not super new, but I'd say yeah, I'd say probably within the past 10 years. And someone done blew him up on Wednesday, July 6th. Total fucking bummer. Of course but, it happened um, on a Wednesday, though. I now, know. The first time I had heard about them actually was uh, when you, me, you, and uh, Red were recording, I think, the Church of the Subgenius episode. Oh, that's You right. guys told me about them. Yeah, I'd never heard of them before. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if it was recorded or if it was like during our after after show party. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to call that. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I had ever heard about them. Yeah. Do you want me to? I have the uh, the things that were written on them here. Do you want me to read them real quick for the audience? Sure. Yeah. Okay. In case the audience doesn't know. Well, what what are the Georgia Guidestones? Just tell them. Real quick. Yeah. So it was. Um, they were erected in 1979 by. Uh, we know who the construction company was. Uh, Wyatt Martin, who owned a, a granite company in the area. Um, he was hired by an anonymous individual, only known as R. C. Christian. Uh, and, uh, the Wyatt Martin died about a year or two ago and said that, um, he took the, he took the person who hired him's, uh, identity to his grave. Okay. When they were erected, he said there was about 300 people there. They had a ceremony, um, but he wouldn't say who the people were, what the deal was or anything, just that they were people from the community that were concerned individuals that spent, I think it was like couple hundred thousand dollars on this project all right um so there was it it was a a, a english it was these slabs and um they were uh they have these like 10 commandments written in them that some people claim to have be like the 10 commandments of the antichrist or the satanic commandments uh and they're written in different languages 
English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Arabic, uh, traditional Chinese, and Russian. And uh, actually, when they did the bombing, only the Swahili and Hindi slabs slab was the one that was destroyed. But they ended up taking the whole thing down because it was structurally not sound after that explosion, right? Uh, the explosion was caught on camera, and this was because of acts of vandalism in 2008 and 2014. Some of the graffiti defacing the structures read Death to the New World Order and I am Isis, Goddess of Love. And those were incidents that come out that played into the overall lore that the site was somehow affiliated with satanic worship or the occult. Um, So what these huge slabs said um, were, like I said, 10 commandments for... uh, I guess you would say like rebuilding society after an apocalyptic event. Yeah. Uh, that, I think it says something of that nature where it's like how to restart society after, uh, after an apocalypse or something of that nature. And right. then some people want to make the argument that it's pro eugenics because it recommends that you need to get the population down to a specific number for, for something to, for it to work. Right. Especially the first two. And the first two are maintain humanity under 500 million and perpetual balance with nature. The second statement was guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. So those are the two statements that people claim have, you know, uh, have to deal with genetics or eugenics. And they think that it has something to do with uh, the the Antichrist New World Order, you know, uh, rebuilding the world which i don't I, get that tie i've never understood aren't like the people that are like super conservative like wouldn't doesn't that make sense so l- let me get through these real quick just because i sure. didn't i okay. didn't know what okay. they were until i actually read them here sure so um I, i'm sure our audience is in the same boat uh number three unite humanity with a living new language four rule passion faith tradition and all things with tempered reason Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes disputes in a world court, which right, right then and there is not fucking globalism. Uh, avoid petty laws and useless officials. That's kind of a Republican stance. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And lastly, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Repeats that last one twice. So I don't, I mean, now people get a little freaked out when they see maintain humanity under 500 million. Because then you start, because that's, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea, but like, how would you enforce that, right? That the enforcement of that number one rule is a little dicey because you talk about population control. But once you get past that, and also guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, which doesn't, you talk about diversity. So obviously, we're not talking about all white people necessarily here. But it once you like get. Everybody's got an axe to grind with it, with one issue or another, because. There's one thing that confirms one camp and then another that confirms like another camp. So everybody in their camps would have a reason to to stick a knife in this. So the and the fact that this was erected in 1979, which meant it was conceptualized and at least put into motion. I mean, I'd say 1977 or a little bit before that even 
um, shows that it's kind of a little hippy dippy seventies new age way of thinking. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but at the same time, I don't think it's, it doesn't to me drip of vile Satanism or anything, uh, totally corrupt and evil. You know, once again, maintaining humanity under 500 million, how do you, all right, what do you mean maintain, you know? But, um, you know, so anyways, the whole world or per province or per state? I I would, I would think whole world. But once again, it's, it it was always just a weird thing that was just kind of out in the middle of Georgia, right? Didn't really seem to be bothering anybody, kind of rubbed some people the wrong way, kind of, you know, ignited the imaginations of others, you know. But what is interesting is that uh, former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Candace Taylor, um, during her 2022 primary campaign, said that uh, she would, if she became governor of Georgia, um, she pledged to remove the monument through executive order if she was elected, calling them satanic. And people think that maybe some of her political followers did this. Um, and that I think is interesting. That is something I would like to see explored when, cause this is kind of the era that we live in now where a lot of this weird fringe conspiracy stuff that we used to just kind of sit over here and talk about and be interested in and listen to on coast to coast late at night has now become politicized and you're seeing people really follow, follow in on it and, 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 and link this stuff and, you know, be actionable, like make it actionable and shit. Now they're doing stuff about it, you know? So the fact that this may be politically motivated, motivated by an actual political candidate in this country, um, that to me is, is more kind of troublesome than anything written on those stones. I mean, I, I don't know, I guess it's, I, I see what you're saying, but it's been that way for at least the last two years, probably oh, the last you, four. Yeah. I you know, I don't know. So it's not really shocking anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. But I get what you're saying. I just, I don't get, you know, I don't give a shit that someone blew up the Georgia Guidestones. I don't give a shit that someone placed them there to begin with. Um, I think that, like, I could literally do the same thing. Like, place a weird monument somewhere just, just because, just because it's fucking weird and it's something to do. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money. But if I had a lot of money to play with, I, I, I probably would do some goofy shit like that. Um, so I don't think that they have any like real importance to be honest with you. Well, remember that I was, I remember that story from like six months ago about that obelisk that they like found in the middle of the desert. Oh, the big monolith. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was some rich guy and that's just what he fucking on his deathbed. He wanted this shit put somewhere. Like did they find several mirrored obelisks. I didn't know it was some rich guy. I thought it was like some, like not a film crew, but like a crew of people that did it just to do it. No, it was like the dying wish of some. It was in like an art installation. Oh, okay. Got, yeah, he was like an artist from New that York. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they eventually it, it all eventually came on. It was yeah. not nearly as interesting as we hoped it was. Right. But um, you know, yeah. I mean, just I, I get it. It's just yeah. it's just people with money do stupid shit, and this these people did this, you know. And and you're right. I don't think it was necessarily it, it freaked people out because, you know, they, mystery. They, yeah, and it, yeah. <laughs> what it suggested and, you know, it ignited people's imaginations and probably sure. had the opposite effect of whatever people intended when they started this right. thing in the first place. Um, but it's destruction and, and the fact that it's tied to, a, you know, 
the I don't know. I'm, I'll shut up about it. I should come forward <laughs> and be like, my father put them there. It was my dad, and because anybody could, you know what I mean. Fucking anybody could lay claim to them, and we wouldn't fucking know. You know, we would have no idea. Um, you know, and so I just, you know, my thing about it is that I've seen people arguing about it on social media, and it's like, stop, you I, guys. I take the Marge Simpson defense, where it's like, I think it's neat. And that's it. You know, it's not, perfect. That's I see perfect. It, I see it more as like a, like a, like a, like a coffee table uh, decoration rather than anything else. It's it's a, it's a top. It's a it's an it's a topic of conversation. It's just a fun thing to talk about, but it's not right. really hurting anybody. Right. So the vandalism stuff, I do find reprehensible. Sure. Well, sure. I mean, why? I mean, what was the, I mean, did you need to go and blow it up? I don't know. You know, but the fact that I think it, that's why I think it was political. I think it was somebody. I think it was tried, too. I agree. Somebody tried to use this as part of her campaign saying that like, I'll destroy them under ex- executive order because they're satanic. And then some goofball in her, in her, you know, uh, on her street team. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Made some homemade C4 and just fucking blew them up. And was like, oh, if I do this, you'll love me, you know, or whatever. People do weird shit. Yeah. You know, for, for you know, so so that senpai notices them. You know what well, I mean? Well, speaking yeah. of which, and listeners have been of on the, the chopping block, unfortunately, for a while. Listeners of the show, if you want to do weird shit to get Asher's attention, <laughs> we encourage you to, uh, what should we make people do? If they want to, if they want to get attention to the the Wednesdays we talk weird show, weren't you trying to get them to show their feet or something? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I, it's, thank you for bringing that up, Chris. We have we have two people now, and I won't mention who the second one was, but there's somewhat of a mild celebrity in the yeah. paranormal community uh, that wants to that have agreed to do this, where the, the the slips are in the mail to them as we speak. One pair should be arriving this week. The uh, paranormal celebrities should be getting hers next week. If anyone else wants to, I think we only need maybe two, three more people, and we got enough for a calendar. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, model our on Wednesdays we talk weird slip ons, just shoot me a message on social media and uh, with your mailing address and your shoe size, and I'll send you out a pair. Uh, yeah, Pato will send them out. We have not had any men do it yet. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think no, you know, or. I mean, let I mean, or they's and them's like right. anybody, anybody. Right. We are equal opportunity, or or, or after yeah. you get through today's program. Well, uh, you gotta it, you, you have to have feet. Yeah, right. Or pause. Or pause. Or, or you some could have equivalent, or some type of uh, equivalent. You, you know? have to be able to wear or the pseudopod. slides wherever it is. You can wear them at. <laughs> as long as you can put them on your body somewhere, and you can take a picture. And you don't wear toe rings. <laughs> you just and you can. Yeah. yeah, the toe rings thing is we. I do will not budge on that. But uh, toe we're going to start seeing else? these things. We're going to start seeing these things on flippers, aren't we? Probably. I hope so. People I are going to be so. putting them yeah. on, on Theos and Chris and now you're going to have language. them, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking penises. Listen, if you buy a pair of slides. And in a, in a good in a decent size, and Pato will let me know what that size is. I don't know. I, don't, I have this in a large, I guess, in a large size, and your penis takes up the entire length of it. I will then send you an additional free T-shirt. 
So you you will you will definitely please senpai if you fucking do that. <laughs> Fuck blowing up the Gar- Georgia Guidestones. If you if you can if you could balance your hog at one of those things on your hog, then fucking. Uh, it's got to take up the whole space though. It's it will it will raise one of Ma- Asher's massive eyebrows, and she will fucking send you a t-shirt. <laughs> send you a t-shirt <laughs> that she's cool. worn. Oh well, yes, I will. Yeah, I'll wear it. I'll wear it. I got plenty. Um, you know. So. <laughs> oh God. I can just see those things propped up on bad dragon horse dildos now. Oh Jesus! It's got to be your own appendage. It has to have nerve endings, at least. She could spot a fake cock at fifty paces. You know, sending me. pictures of. Uh, yeah. I own enough of them. <laughs> Oh, yes, do that. Um, Also, um, subscribe to the Patreon. We uh, just dropped our new Weird World episode last week on Arizona, which I know we advertised last week, but let's advertise it again because you guys aren't sending me enough of your money. Um, Go go over there, subscribe to the Patreon, listen to all the great content there. Um, The Mothman Prophecies audiobook is over there. It's not finished yet, but it's a work in progress. You'll get it as it comes out. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm doing investigations again, and you guys will be the first pe- people to see the, the Patreon subscribers um, to see what exactly is going on. A lot of the stuff that I do and I investigate, I don't put out on social media because I, I don't know, I hang on to it just in case I might use it for future um, books or documentaries or things like that. Um, but over there, it's uh, fair game. So you do, and there are, is already exclusive content over there that you can't see anywhere else. So go subscribe and also uh join the discord server and uh you can talk to us over there we're gonna have watch parties coming up maybe we'll watch uh the men who stare at goats maybe (gasps) maybe maybe (laughs) we'll see but we'll watch a bunch of other things so it'll be great so that's all i've got to plug are we ready to talk about furries now let's do it (laughs) so chris we had you on for a very specific purpose and actually um you reached out to us because you heard us talking about this topic on a uh, on another episode of ours yeah yeah i noticed that you had like a few kink centric episodes in the past and you know and and i figured hey i'll come by i'll try to this is a topic that i happen to intimately know about sure and i figured hey why not lead with this because you know i'm not going to get on your show because i have a paranormal podcast where i do artistic recreations of people's alien abductions nope it's the first <laughs> no. stuff no it's gotta be being, being, a, being a fur fag is what's gonna get me in the door <laughs> <laughs> well you were right so no <laughs> but yes yeah i do have intimate knowledge of this being a a furry you know and this and this there is a sort of like you know society that parallels the kink community from what i've observed and and it's one of those where they really are struggling with uh with Mm self-image and it's like no one takes the image of the furries more seriously than the furries themselves and there's a sort of like sort of pseudo uh civil war where you know people they want to lead with like oh it's a kink it's all sexuality and stuff like this. And then there are other people like, no, we need to be more inclusive. We need to dial it down. It's family friendly, present a family friendly image because we're getting too much bad press. And it's sort of like, you know, butting at heads, but there is, you know, a sort of a cultural fandom, you know, uh, backbone that is very interesting that I think a lot of people, you know, tend to dig into. And, and I think a lot of people, because when you first, the first place that most people go for furry anything is fire up Google, 
search furry and then the search results tell them you know like what it is and stuff like this and it's usually not the best uh impression that people are left with so i want to sort of lead like you know remove the veil a bit and talk a bit more about the nuances about the culture how things start you know how people get into it who's a furry you know and all that stuff you know whatever it is that that we can get into that if you guys have any questions about that we can talk about sure yeah absolutely i mean let's just start with the basics um you know what what is a furry well, a furry is pretty much anybody who, you know, enjoys cartoon animals. And it can be, you know, cartoon animals, parable animals, you know, any type of thing. You know, not as sexual partners, but more so as as a sort of a, a fandom thing, like an identity. It's, it's, it's no different than someone who really loves Star Wars dressing up as a Jedi or, or dressing up as Darth Vader. It's sort okay. of that type of thing. And what the furries do is that they sort of take it a bit uh, one step further in that, in that they engage in active creativity, like actually, you know, like someone might develop their own Jedi. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like that and a step beyond, but it's more like developing your own species and mythos and stuff like that to go with it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's role playing, but it's role playing on hard mode. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sure. It, it's more creative. It's like, it's like D and D stats with an extra, with an extra attribute. Right. Except that attribute is species instead of race. <laughs> okay. Well, that, well, Pat knows about, about that. I don't uh, know about D&D. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, right? No, it, it doesn't have to be sexual at all, but there is a sexual component to that. I think a lot of the confusion comes from is people enjoy sex as adults furries are adults right now because there's a lot of furry content and and you know and a lot of people you know get their furry i guess their first furry you know tingly feeling is when they're you know uh you know watching kid media but it's not always sexual type of a thing and when it comes to you know propagating the culture and sort of spreading it out there that's not really something that you want to lead with it. Oh, it's a sexual type of thing. It's more like going with the sort of family friendly thing. It's, it's more, that is more of an image thing than anything else. Right. And there's been a lot of pushback within the convention circuits where, you know, a lot of people want to lead with that sort of kink stuff and they want to come out, you know, with their, their leather, their leather daddy outfits and stuff like that. And it's, and it's gotten like a lot of pushback and it's gotten to the point that, you know, a lot of people, their persona is a Husky. And because of that, you know, the, the, the Husky, the, let's see, what is it? The ones who do the, the dogs that do the, the igloos and the icicles, the, the Alaskan. St. Bernard's. With, yeah. 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 The ones where they, where they like pull the, the Malamutes? Like, like Balto and Alaskan all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sled dogs. Yeah, sled dogs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where I wanted to go. <laughs> <Sled dogs. laughs> okay. Well, they, they wear sled gear. They wear a harness. Okay. supposed to represent sled gear. Well, they're starting to get grief for that because it looks like fetish gear. And and oh. so, you know, that leads to a lot of contention. And people are like, oh, you can't wear that, you know, mm-hmm. on the convention floor and stuff like that. I mean, the kinky stuff and all that stuff, it still goes on. It's just, it's behind closed doors and there is a time and a place. 
And I think what this is more of a generational thing where the younger people, they do sort of see this as, you know, oh, this is my identity. I have to lead with it. I have to be out and open about everything. And then the older people are like, no, this is more reserved. We have to like, you know, keep this stuff more time and, you know, again, time and place. But there's that sort of, you know, generational uh, back and forth that, that is sort of hitting it. And a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll start young, like a lot of young people get into furries hard and then they'll age out of it, usually around their mid to late twenties. And then some people they're in it for the long haul, like they're in it for life type of thing. I mean, we've gotten to the part that, you know, some people I would say are even, you know, buried in their fursuits type of thing. And of wow. course not everyone has a fursuit, you know, but right. it's, it's sort of just to show that it's just a means of expression. Sure. Okay. I did want I did want to say this about the fursuits. Um, you know, the document that you gave us kind of prepping us for this show talks about how expensive they are. And and I'm not arguing with that at all, but if anyone out here is interested, you can get them on Amazon for 300 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like they're 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 also they're also kind of cheap. I don't know if if what you may have heard and Chris, I know when we had our phone call we talked about this, but my experience uh kind of with, with a furry is um i was dating a school teacher who uh was very active in the school that she taught at she was uh, on a lot of committees uh it was it was a small grammar school and she was very she was stu- she student taught there her goal was to maybe be principal one day she got her master her type 75 or whatever and uh very very involved in this school and they had decided that they wanted a uh, cougar mascot, and they wanted to get a cougar costume for that for that mascot. And she went out and she bought one off Amazon for like three hundred bucks. Yeah, and yeah. as um, you do, yeah, she started wearing it around the apartment all the time. Uh oh. And at first, it was kind of like, oh, I just want to make sure it fits. You know, I want to break it in before the rally tomorrow. Of course, you do. That's reasonable. Yeah. And then it was like she would wear it all the time, and she'd like, I'd be sitting there, you know, playing Elder Scrolls, and she'd come out with it on and just dance around just to make me laugh and distract me. And like, she turned into fucking Paws the Cougar, and like <laughs> that was like her thing. And uh, we never banged in it just because she wouldn't let me cut a hole in it or anything. But yeah, um, the, yeah, we actually have a term for that. It's called an STP. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I used to, I, I thought it was yiffing. So I'm like, I'm going to yiff the shit out of you. Like, I might just I might have just made that up. But like I had read somewhere that yiffing is what it's called. And, uh, you know, it's I don't want to say that I don't think she necessarily sexualized her wearing that costume. It's exactly what you just said. Um, she was an adult and we were in a sexual relationship anyway. But it, there was something about that suit that gave her a level of detachment. There was something about putting that suit on that let her become someone else that wasn't necessarily miles away from who she was in day-to-day life because she was a school teacher. She was very outgoing and kind of bubbly and like like to kind of dance around and interact with kids anyway. But yeah. there was you could tell that like she felt very comfortable in it. And she liked the way that people would look, respond to her. She liked the way that when she wore it at school for these pep rallies and shit, she would run out into the gym with it on the way the kids would lose their fucking minds. Yeah. It's it's sort of like, uh, like if I could just pry into that for a moment, when most people, when they develop a character, it's called a persona. 
And it's usually an idealized version of themselves. Sure. It's yeah. not just who they are. It's what they could be. You know, it, it's yes. everything that it's their, it's their best foot forward with their most potential maximum effort given. And that's probably what she was tapping into, you know, as sort of this sort of idealized character. Yes. Universally loved, universally applauded, reaching the children because she was a school that she went to school to be a school teacher. That was her chosen profession. Um, she's connecting with the kids. It's, it's everything that she possibly wanted. And she's doing it dressed up as like a yellow cougar, you know, thing. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally get what you're saying is that it's I get why people do it. I totally get why people do it um i will definitely get into some of the, the nastier <laughs> aspects of some of it yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah i love the, the fan art yeah the fan <laughs> art is one thing the fursuit is sort of like a different it's sort of like a different level i mean usually right. most people say that it's sort of like only like maybe 20 percent of the fandom has fursuits but I it's find that so su- i find yeah i find that really surprising that that number is that low i'm not arguing with you it's just yeah. Well, it's, I, it's sort of, you know, these are probably old numbers. It might have grown since the last time I checked. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it isn't uncommon for, because every single fur convention, they have a fursuit parade, and it is bonkers. And then they will do a, a group photo, and they just get more and more outrageous and larger. And as far as the 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 price, I mean, these things, yeah, you can get, like, something for $300 on Amazon. But that's probably not the best quality. The ones that you get that are commissioned, those things are built like the the twelve thousand on up. Those things are built to last. Sometimes they're even passed along. Sometimes, you know, even people will actually will them out. You know, some people they'll retire a fursuit. Some people will like they'll pass it on to like an, another another uh, another furry who will then wear it and then take on the persona. You know, it, it's sort of like, you know, those things are built to last the more high end ones. Yeah. The, so Amazon's got them from what I saw from 300 to 1700. I know she got one of the maybe three to five. If it was more than five, it wasn't more than five. I'll tell you that much. Um, but I remember her saying that I think it only lasted like two school years. And that <laughs> is probably being worn uh, like not not counting like around the around the apartment. Yeah, I don't she know. probably beat the hell out of it. She did, and and I'll tell you this. And and in those two school years, it was only really worn to about a half dozen events each year. You know what I mean? Like it, and that was where it was like worn for multiple hours, and kids are touching it. Yeah, I'm She's stressed running around to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because you can't wash it either. Like I remember, it got like yeah. funky and shit. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, if she got one that it's like the. The one like from the community, she would be willing it to her kids. Wow, it, it, that's how that's how good it would be. Well, and, because the whole point of these suits, right, is is to create a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the persona, right? Uh, so if you're just buying a stock suit, it kind of takes away a lot of the magic, is what I'm understanding. Um, that there is to actually building. I mean, I guess you you could base your character around a stock suit, but you would want something more customized it's like going to get a tattoo and picking one off the wall like sometimes that's not a bad thing but nine times out of ten you want to have some kind of 
Yeah, it's got to have personal it. meaning to it. Right. And that's what the thing is, is that these characters have personal meaning to, to the individual. And then a lot of people, when they step into this community, you know, it's, it's like having a, you don't have to have a persona to be a furry, but for some people, because it's all online and because that's how we interact is through avatars and text bubbles and stuff like that. It's just an easier way for people to connect with each other. And at any fur meet, people are going to be wearing badges, like not just name badges. And that's just not so, you know, oh, I'm Tom from accounting or whatever. It's so that they can have their personas out, you know, type of thing. And most people, they'll like address, they know each other more as the their personas than they do as the real people that they are in life. It's just, and for some people, I, I don't know if this is just due to the layer of autism or, or just something of that nature, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of socially awkward people do gravitate to these massive fandoms. It doesn't matter what it is. And for some people, the only way that they know how to communicate through to people is through this persona. It's, it's just, it's, it's like a sort of, it's just a way, something for them to step into that allows them to get over the mental and social hurdles that, that, that they placed on themselves or that they, they, they may have through some trauma or, or just, you know, general awkwardness, you know, cause there, it's like, it's like a, a step of, of disassociation where it's not so much me, it's this character that I'm stepping into and I have to embody this character. So I have to be bold and outgoing. Whereas in real life, I wouldn't be type of thing. One of the one of the things I wanted to talk about is you sent us a link to a uh, a news article about an army veteran that was sentenced to life in prison for a triple homicide where he killed his girlfriend's uh, parents and a friend of the family. And um, the focus of that story was that um, he had met the victim's daughter via a. Uh, online user groups for furries and bronies him mm-hmm. he himself was a brony yeah, and that i guess ended. we've entered the true crime well <laughs> dude i'm all over the fucking place asher's just tell me to shut up if you want but no, uh, it's okay yeah. yeah so like on, on the off chance you don't know what a brony is it's just a dude that's into the my little pony friendship is magic cartoon that came out a couple years i was probably like a decade ago yeah, but, yeah. Um, and, and there is you know there, there's another conversation there, but let's cover this story. Yeah. Okay. So what, if you read, if you look into the story, it's uh, Joshua Charles Acosta. Um, the Fullerton he, homicide, triple homicide case. Yeah. Yes. The Fullerton triple homicide. The, the, the media presents this story as, you know, a young couple finds itself over, you know, this furry message board. And then he comes and he kills the girl's parents. And, um, you know, arguably that's what happened, but, yeah. What's what's also interesting about that is that the girl, the victim's daughter, claimed to be a victim of uh, of uh, domestic abuse. She was being abused by her stepdad, uh, molested, she said, uh, physically abused by her mother. There was a friend of the family that was present. I don't know if he if he had hurt her as well, but that her boyfriend, who was this twenty three year old army vet. Um, it was coming to liberate her and, and kill her parents. And I think that part of it is, you know, is worth exploring as well, because what I see from that side of the story is you have two trouble. You have, you have a girl who's uh, being abused at home 
that found um, solace and eventually salvation through one of these groups. You know, I'm not saying that this guy should have killed her parents if the abuse was actually taking place. But if that's if that narrative is correct, you know, this was a way for her to connect with somebody outside of a, a very, uh, very dark home life. It gave her a community of people that cared about her and that cared about her enough to help try to get her out of that. Granted, yeah. with a shotgun, which is not. Yeah. The I mean, problems. well, how how old was she? How old was the daughter again? Seventeen. How much? 17. 17. Okay. So she's probably too young to move out. And and then there's a huge age discrepancy between her and the boyfriend, which is like, what, a 10-year age gap. No, he was 23. I mean, not, hey, uh, we're not, I'm, I'm terrible oh, okay. at this game. I thought I heard 27. I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. He, she, okay. he was 23. She was 17. I'm not, I understand based on certain laws. They both were too young, according to Ashes. Yeah, they were no both one, very young. No one knows yeah. what the fuck they're doing at before 25, and I completely agree with that. So they're, they're both relatively young. Uh, he was a brony. I'm not saying that means that he's immature, but, you know. Um, yeah, I think his well, accomplice. Was, was his accomplice a brony? Because I think he was a furry, and then his accomplice was a brony. Uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I, it's been a while. And I don't have it in front of me, so it's there, there's a lot going on with this case. Let me just put it yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, there there is a lot going on. But yeah, the media latched on to the furry aspect and um, kind of sensationalized that, and you know because the daughter was a furry and the 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 boyfriend was a brony, and supposedly the parents might have been furries as well, or they were into some kind of kink and shit, and it was just this like this terrible cesspool of people you know i mean and that's what the media likes to revel in right but like i said if you kind of sort through that what the the positive things that you can pick out is that this community this furry community this brony community it was a way station for troubled souls and it was a way for people to connect and unite and try to help one another and that's what a lot of these subcultures are there for and you can pick out the outliers you can pick out the people that take certain things too far or you know react in violent ways and any kind of fandom or whatever you know i i'm old enough i was watching beavis and butthead the new beavis and butthead movie with my 12 year old kid the other day and i remember telling him about how there was at, at a certain point they weren't allowed to say fire anymore on the show because you know beavis used to always go fire fire and like a kid burned something down somewhere and they blamed it on beavis and butthead you yeah, know i which think is, it was like a, a child set his brother on fire well, I don't know what the brother really did, but kids. fuck yeah. it, you know. <laughs> I, I wasn't there. I ain't yeah. gonna fucking pass judgment. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> that sort of something happens, and then you know, oh, there's com, there's a stack of comic books in the corner. Ergo, video games made them kill them. You know that that type of thing. It, it's that sort of you know like like let's blame the whatever it is that they're into as an outlier. No different than the satanic panic that we saw with uh, AD and D. Or blaming, uh, thank you for calling it AD and D. That was very cool of you. Um, another th or another thing that, like, after being of the age where I remember Columbine and everyone saying that, you know, Marilyn Manson is terrible because he yeah. influenced these kids to do Columbine. Two separate conversations here. Marilyn Manson is a piece of shit. And he is a terrible person. <laughs> However, <laughs> had nothing to do with Columbine. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, I remember the video game angle that. Yeah, because doomed. they played first-person shooters, yeah, that made them killers. And even the victims themselves were like, "Yeah, I played Doom as well." You know, I didn't want to. You know, I, I don't blame that. 
type of thing. Right. No, for, if you were a gamer in the 90s, especially a PC gamer, all you were going to, of course, you were going to play first person shooters, you know, or point and click there, adventures. There or is significant scientific research now that says that there is no such thing as a tie between media and violence. It doesn't exist. It's not there. As a matter of fact, most people that play video games um, are less likely to commit violent crimes because they are um, too busy uh, living in their bedrooms playing video games. So <laughs> now. I would I would wonder if cartoon animal sexuality could potentially influence ha- have some kind of influence on a younger audience where maybe they're not sexually mature yet and this offers some kind of bridge for them. You know what I mean? As far as the furry stuff goes. Like such as exploring or discovering their sexuality through characters. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, I mean, that is sort of a thing. Like usually in cartoons, everyone has their first crush. And I think oh, yeah. mine was uh, uh, Janine from Ghostbusters, from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Of course, <laughs> she had glasses on. Mine yeah. was Rainbow Bright. I remember, <laughs> or no, Strawberry Shortcake. I'd feel very uncomfortable, not uncomfortable in a bad way. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to freak everyone out with that one. But. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, mine was Lola Bunny, but I'm a little younger, so oh, that makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, freak. Oh, eyelashes. I know that's such a weirdo. <laughs> no, mm. it was those tits that she had. I mean, come on, it's a bunny with tits. So what's not to like? Yeah, and she's all sporty <laughs> and stuff. So yeah, right, you know, we, she was we know very... what kind of a lesbian you are. Oh, exactly. Well, that's it, <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I'm a very dominant personality. I like people that can dominate me, and that impresses me. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, the and some people take it too far. I mean, even in Russia, there's a cult dedicated to Gadget from Rescue Rangers. You know that. Oh, it's a it's a real thing. Oh um, my god, I'm gonna look that shit up. Yeah, <laughs> I was very disappointed. Did you join a cult today, are you? <laughs> I was. If there's a cult to join, it would be that one. I was very disappointed. <laughs> That they uh, they did not do enough with her in the Rescue Rangers remake thing that was just on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, it was it was a great movie too. It was, it was, it was modern day Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And uh, man, I think they purposely didn't do a lot with her because how do you not just? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go on about fucking a cartoon mouse, but I'll go on about fucking a cartoon mouse if you guys want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, sure. I mean, go ahead. Then I can. Uh, oh my god! And oh. I can segue that into my talk about Disney's. Robin no, Dark. just go do you do your. Let's Disney hear about talk. the Disney's. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Disney is often responsible for what we refer to in the community as furry booms. Uh, one of right. the earliest, of course, is the '70s Disney's Robin Hood, where I guess a lot of gay men experienced sexual awakening through the watching the movie Robin Hood. Like they they saw this cute sort of character and they felt like a sort of sexual awakening and i'm sure you know it's it's like not so much that he's a fox but it's his personality type and that's just the media that was that, that they were able to be reached through to to get to them type of thing and you'll see it like every every few generations every generation will have their boom i think the latest ones that i can think about was like maybe disney robin hood and then on to the lion king and then Zootopia, and then the latest one is Turning Red from Pixar. Mm-hmm. That one caused waves in the community where 
we'll see the sudden like uptick, like this sudden explosion of attendance in the, in the furry conventions, mostly because of that. So you also have these, you know, just something I want to bring up before I forget it. Um, you have these Disney, Disney adults. Is there overlap there between that and the furry community? Because I, I would think that there would be. Disney, Disney adults that are, that are furries that frequent. Yeah. We hear, but I, you know, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I'll see, I'll see them like uh, quite a bit about where they're, they'll, they'll post their vacation photos in the communities, right. the furry communities that I'm in. We see a lot of that. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of the adult, yeah, a lot of them are furries. I can't say that all of them are, but sure. Yeah, my but wife's it, a, my wife's a yeah. Disney adult, and there's no overlap there, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Th- that you I know mean, of so far. If if they're if they're gay, more than likely they would be. If they're gay and they're male, <laughs> most likely. And that was another thing. I mean, when we talked about it, you're saying that the furry community is primarily gay men, specifically. Yeah, I have a theory for that it will probably change and sure. adapt as the next generation and as social media evolves. But in my personal theory, my personal conspiracy theory is that, you know, the, during the eighties, the early nineties and early two thousands, you could be whatever the hell you wanted to be online, but there was really right. no way for you to, you know, in real life, explore your sexuality. So what a lot of people would do is that they would then have these personas and they would experiment. You know, it's either you go to college, you experiment, or you go into a a BBS forum or whatever it is and experiment, you know, your your sexuality there through these characters. Some people discovered, hey, I really like this thing. And then they they sort of, you know, embellish that and they become that. And then they realize, oh, I'm I'm actually gay, whatever, and so and so. And then I think what, what happens is that it's a safe, uh, almost judge-free, almost encouraging venue for them to go. And it's not related to their real life. It's not related to their job. It's not related to anything. Right. So they can go, you know, act upon their impulsions and, and, and have no consequence, you know, have no judgment and, and just explore a community. Mm-hmm. You know, explore something of that nature. And I think it was a haven for a lot of gay men to find a comfortable way that they could, you know, live life outside of the closet. Right. Now that more, um, now that more homosexuality is more open and, and, and it's destigmatized, I, I suspect that a lot of that will go down. Sure. That's what I suspect, but I don't know that for sure because there is still that people still like to go to the dark corners to explore their degeneracy. Right. You know, sure. There's still, it, it's not fun unless there's a taboo to it. Right. It's not fun unless there's, you know, Oh, I'm doing something naughty, you know, something of that, of that nature. Right. So I, I think that will that. still exist. That will still exist to some level. And, okay. And, you know, but as yeah, far think- as that, yeah, I think it's just generationally, because that was such a huge uh, segment of the population, you know, it, it's just completely natural for if you're going to go to a fur meet that, yeah, you're going to run into a lot of pride flags. You're going to run into a lot of gay people. You're going to run into a lot of, you know, I mean, everybody there is more than likely gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything's going to out you more, it's going to be being straight. I mean, well, right. And I was going to say, I know, I know, a, I know a furry couple and it's a man and a woman. 
Um, the woman is, I mean, she's, mm, I would say she's pretty bi-curious, but she's mostly straight. Yeah. And then the guy no, is just a free yeah. uh, I mean, like I said, I don't think she would ever like cultivate a relationship with the woman. I don't even think she's necessarily attracted to women. I think that with the right woman, <laughs> you know, she's, yeah, she, I mean, she, she would do it, but yeah, that's the, always and, not liar. She's she's very um, reserved anyway, sexually in general. I mean, when she does this stuff and stuff, and she's in her her space, she's doing it one hundred percent for um, uh, it's therapeutic for her and her trauma. The guy though, he's very much a free for all. He'll fuck anything, he'll stick his dick in anything, and he doesn't care. Um, you know, you on the other hand, we've talked about you're straight, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Last I didn't want to assume, but I thought we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last last I checked, I'm 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 straight. So you're the outcast. Yeah, I'm somewhat of a of a unicorn, and I do have friends who are straight in the community. Okay, and and you know, and and it's like we have our own little you know Telegram group where we said we right. talk all five like, of you, right? Yeah, yeah, all actually, yeah, it is five and and like one woman. Um, and that's another thing: being female and straight in the community right. is also extremely rare as well. Right, right. It's like. When it comes to, you know, men gravitate naturally to the furry community. Mm-hmm. Women, on the other hand, they're usually ushered into it through a boyfriend or something of that nature. Right. Or or a friend who's like, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm into this thing. And they're usually a tag along, a plus one. And then they get into it and they realize, hey, this is fun. You know, it's very rare that you'll find, you know, because there are so many more, I guess, positive reinforcing outlets for women that they they really don't need to find that that positive reinforcement just having indiscriminate sex is really empowering for us you know so i mean you know so i understand that and and i guess only if you want to up your ante with like like i said before a bad dragon horse dildo or or alien tentacle type of thing if if you want to you know up the ante then yeah that's where you then you like enter into the furry fandom of that nature (laughs) but it's it's sort of like a uh I mean, I mean, yeah. What? Where? Where was I going? I I got a brain fart. I just we're talking about how you were immediately straight. horse dildos and then f- brain fart. <laughs> That'll do it to you. <laughs> That'll definitely do it. To you. <laughs> Sorry, Azures. What were you saying? We were just talking about how you were straight, and so you were kind of the outcast in the community. Yeah, I mean, you're the black sheep of the black sheep. Yeah, and you know, and that sort of comes with its own, you know, exotic tabooness that you know it also makes me one of the most cherished you know, prizes out there that, you know, any, any room I go into that's mostly furry, you know, I'm going to probably most likely be the most popular person there, you know, just, just out of, out of, you know, exoticness type of thing. So even the, even like the gay guys and, and the gay girls come, you know, gravitate towards you? Well, yeah, it's, it's just sort of a camaraderie thing, usually like out of curiosity and stuff like that. And then most of them, you know, they just want to rub up on me because I'm cute. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what is your what is your fursona? Well, my fursona is a white fox. It's usually you'll see it on the logo of my of my podcast logo. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a like a little fox that I sort of I don't know, I sort of developed a fursona out of necessity. I really didn't feel the need to uh, you know at first, but then I realized because people were having so much difficulty, you know, starting conversations with me because they they didn't know how to how to you know they, they wanted to yeah they just didn't know how to start that conversation type of thing and and I and what are like, you dressed up as is a pretty easy starter <laughs> yeah 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 and it's 
and I sort of like did it because I, I sort of did it somewhat reluctantly because I kind of felt like I had to. And okay. I went through a few, um, I guess, starter, first starter species. Because usually when most people enter the fandom, they're still discovering themselves. They're still figuring out their personality, their quirks, what they like, you know, because they're young and they're still growing into something. Right. But they don't know what exactly. So they'll often start with the starter species, which is usually a fox, a wolf or a kitty. And out of that, you know, then they decide and then they'll graduate to like a, a, a something unique, like an otter or a, a moose or something of that nature that that lines in more with their personality type. Like we have a lot of bears, you know, uh, wow. you know and, yeah, and, and everybody has bears, but our bears are bears as well as their bears. Yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're berry bears. I, I get, I get you. <laughs> Do the moose have big dicks? Is that why they're moose? <laughs> I, I'm the wrong person to ask. I mean, they better, right? I mean, can you imagine <laughs> like meeting up with somebody at a, at a, at a furry convention and you're a moose and, you pull out this little teeny tiny little inchworm. Well, they'll probably, they'll definitely, they'll definitely have the big dick energy. They'll definitely. Adapt <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they, they got a big rack on them. That's for sure. And if not, oh. they can, if not, they can order one. That's, that's for true. Sure. That's very true. You could. Yes, you can. That's true. Um, that's, you know, that is interesting, but you don't have a suit. Is that right? No, I, I don't have a suit. You know, it's mostly because I it's outside of my price range for what I would want, for what okay. I would be satisfied with. I probably won't be getting a suit anytime soon. And I'm not in a rush to get one. Right. But, right. Because it wasn't really, like you said, you kind of picked one out of necessity rather than feeling connected to your your fursona. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I do enjoy the fursona. I, I do enjoy it. It's I, I use it mainly as a placeholder and a mascot. And with that, it's sort of, for me, a form of branding. So, yes, I, I do get use out of it, and I do enjoy it. I'm satisfied with, you know, with the fursona that I finally settled with, which is a small Arctic fox. You know, because it's small, it's cute, it's unassuming. I saw know, that at and, the zoo this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just sort of an adorable thing, which is sort sure. of what I want to want to push forward. Uh, you know, that's sort of what I'm presenting. You want to be viewed as adorable. Yeah, somewhat. Sure. I, I can relate to that for sure. Um, <laughs> Pat, what would you be if you had, if you had to pick a fursona, what would you pick? Wow. Um, you know, I would probably have to be a bear. Um, just because you, that's, you, you give bear energy. Yeah. And you know, I actually, uh, this, uh, last summer. So, uh, um, you know, my wife is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I spent a lot of time there. Their uh, rock and roll radio station is called The Bear. And I have one of their stickers that I have in the back window of my car, mostly because when I drive around Fort Wayne, I have Illinois plates. The cops are at least less likely to fuck with me if they see the bear sticker because they're like, oh, he must be from here or something. Uh, is the way my mind works. And I really like the radio station. I was in traffic on Lakeshore Drive last summer during Pride Month. And someone pulled up alongside me and was like, happy Pride Month. And I, it was, you could tell it was like this old oh. thing. And I was like, yeah, happy Pride Month. He's like, I saw your bear sticker on the back Aww. window. And I was like, all right. And he goes, yeah, have a good month. And he like, he pulls off on his tricycle or whatever the fuck he was driving. That's so cute. And it was like, I was like, I don't mind that at all. 
Um, yeah. I've yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, yeah, that's de- why that's why people wear the badges because it's a, it's a conversation starter. Yeah, I'm definitely. I would definitely give off bear energy. I would definitely uh, eat a bunch of otters. So they call little bear boys that like the bear daddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of like my thing. I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, I guess I would rather be a wolf. Like if I could really pick, <laughs> yeah. because well, obviously wolves are cooler than bears. Yeah, but well, um, well, kind of overused in the community because that's not my fault i don't give a fuck i don't care that he wants to be cool you know what so what everyone likes metallica you know i know we're not having the stranger things conversation but like (laughs) you know it's one one thing shouldn't i don't i don't give a fuck if every time dick and harry also (laughs) likes being a wolf i like being a wolf too god damn it and i'm sorry i'm late to the party but no i i have my son convinced that uh we descended from wolves oh my and, god and that the and that the reasons <laughs> the, actually this is really fun the reason that wolves howl at the moon is because many centuries ago the wolf tr- the moon tried to come down and the wolves got together and fought it and when the the wolves howl at the moon it's the wolves telling the moon don't come back down here again or we'll do what we did to you last time <laughs> listen we need to do an entire episode for your son to listen to when he's like 25 i'm like shit that your dad things. told you that's not true yes because he, he, he pretty so many stories of these <laughs> he pretty much knows by now that he's not part of wolf. but like i but no when i was i would say yeah we would turn into a wolf and there's this there's this this like puzzle that we found because my wife does puzzles and she frames them and it's like this native american woman with two wolves and i'm like there's there's me there's you and there's mom and mom's a native american woman <laughs> and me me and you are the two wolves oh, yeah she, wolves are fun yeah they're cool oh yeah, why would exactly. you want to be a wolf yeah yeah when you exactly. stop being wolves we all the native americans also turned white is that <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My wife is actually for his birthday. My friend Leo showed up, and he's Hispanic. And everyone, all the other parents, thought that he was um, he was my wife's brother. Like people think that oh, my okay. wife's Hispanic all the time. I wish she was. She's <laughs> like a, white, a white German chick from fucking Indiana. Listen to John uh-huh. Ramon Camp. Fucking oh, eats Jesus. corn. Anyway, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know the 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 species like the starter species. Yeah. A lot of them have baggage, but that's just because you know it, it's popular. Yeah, I mean, everyone the in the fo- in the in the community, the foxes are known as pretty much the the sluts, the bicycles of the community. They're like oh. often written off as the most promiscuous. I love sluts. Um, of the, I mean, there's even you know how there's flat Earth and a hollow Earth. Sure. Yeah, there's a there's a furry galactic model. It's that okay. the entire universe exists in a giant fox butt because they're the only ones that would stretch their asses out enough to even fit the universe in there. <laughs> well, Asher, hey, if anyone wants hey. your commissioned artwork, Asher's is definitely the fox. <laughs> Pedo's the wolf. Right? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, I hope that happens. That's <laughs> uh, I'll get working on Candace. Juggalo, baby. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Get working on it. Oh, my God. Is Candace a juggalo? Yeah, and she actually texted me. She's working oh on the God. banner right now for our next event, and she was like, "Whatever, whatever it is." But uh, one of the one of the juggalos, his daughter was uh, for was a furry for a while. She and was. She just uh, grew out of it, or she got too yeah, popular. She, she grew out of it. She grew out of it, but she was a furry for a while, and then she stopped. And you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I think I'm growing out of this thing. You know, it was great. It was wonderful. 
you know, thank you so much for your, your, your inclusiveness. And now that she had like a, I'm leaving the the fandom post and, oh, and it was, okay. you know, it was a nice thing for her. It was a nice, there was a, I think was she it did violent a video. J or Shaggy too dope. I think it was violent J where they did a video called snake stompers or, or hunting snakes where she got, she got a fursuit and it was, she got cheated and, and she got cheated cause she, she bought an expense, what was supposed to be an expensive commission, but instead they sent her a piece of shit instead. Oh, and no. she made a video about that because she got ripped off and her dad was, was all in on it as well. And they made a big old thing about it. Of course. They did. And it's, it's so hilarious. And, and it's just, you know, the part that I love most is just seeing, you know, the, this, this father being so supportive of his daughter into this thing. And you do not see her face. <coughs> you do not see her face at all. You just see her. She's in her fur suit. And, and it is just, it's so adorable. I'm telling you, ICP is the center of this season. Of fucking <laughs> on Wednesdays, we talk weird. It is, it is the gravity sinkhole that no episode escapes from. This is, this was good content that came from the fucking ICP connection. I'm telling you, this wasn't like a, a, a throwaway name drop thing. This was good. This was no, really we're, we're good. building up to, uh, to attend and vend at the gathering of the Gathering. So. I, yes. It's definitely, it's meant to be, um, obviously. So, oh my gosh, that's... Whoop, whoop. Wow. So are aliens, if you dress up as an alien, is that a persona? I don't believe it is, although okay. people do have alien species, like exotic alien right, species. Right, but not like greys. Yeah, but stuff like greys. I often wondered, like, if there was like a cryptid furry overlap. Right. And from what I saw, I don't believe I could find one. Because a lot of people, like, when, when you look at, like, even the furry erotica stuff, mm-hmm. it's mostly normies that are into that. Because when it comes to any type of erotic content, you know, the furry community, they have their own economy for that. Yeah. Whereas anyone who's, like, looking for something, you know, different and new, they're going to probably lead into the 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 paranormal type of furry, or not paranormal, paran- cryptid erotica when they want right. something different and strange. Right. Which is, I think is interesting that there's not, because cryptid erotica is becoming really big. It's really a big thing now. Yeah. Even yeah, for I mean, people that aren't into cryptids are like, what is this? Sex with Bigfoot? You know? Well, I, yeah. I don't know. Dinosaur I don't, erotica is something that, I mean, I've been dabbling in since yeah, the first that, that's season of the thing show. That I, that I saw as well is the dinosaur erotica. Yeah. And I wonder if that, where's the Venn diagram between the dinosaur erotica and the cryptid erotica does that over it's pretty much this yeah i think i it's think dino- the same community. dinosaur erotica came first i think that like all those people are posers and that me and chuck tingle and the rest of the fucking weirdos like we were on the forefront we stormed that we we crawled so y'all could walk you, you just haven't I mean? read any anl probe so i have i have oh my god <laughs> <laughs> has, has she, he actually has, has. Has she read any Francis Dugall? That's what I want to know. As long as we're busting has out. Has probe? Yeah, I know. I oh, it's incredibly clever. I get it. You know, I know. But Francis Dugall is my erotic pen name. Nom de plume, as it were. <laughs> and uh, you have an it, erotic pen name? Come on. Like, you don't want people to know that you wrote that shit. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, no, Frank has my porn stuff. I have so there's so many people living in my head, Ashers. You and no you blame everybody that. else being a part of the CIA, and here you are, the fucking man with ten names, <laughs> Jim Phelps. Fucking... He tells on himself. He's like, "That's my pen name." <laughs> that's the that's the Irish in me coming out. I can't. I 
I can't let anyone else take credit for my shit for a fucking second. I'll wrap my own self out just so you know I'm the one that goddamn did it. Right. <laughs> well, You're so bad at lying. I but I'm excellent at self-promotion. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're pretty, yeah, you're right. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I was wondering about aliens and, and like you said, cryptids. There's no, I mean, you know, do you think that if somebody showed up to one of these conventions um, with a cryptid for some, do you think that they'd get a lot of attention? I don't know that they would other than it would just be, you know, if it's like, it's like the, the Bigfoot stuff, it looks like, I guess, a gorilla. like a regular gorilla or right. maybe a, a wild caveman type of thing. Right. And from what I've noticed, because I, I made this, uh, okay, the horror story. One time I went to a, a, a um, anime convention, not, not, not an anime, a furry convention. And they have a thing where you can like rent out a artist alley table, like, five dollars for like a, a whole day and it's just it's just in in the corner someplace it's sort of like a like a like a you just go there with your sketchbook it's not for professionals mm -hmm. and i just rented one out and you know and i had been doing the um comic book circuit for for a while the comic-con circuit and i had nothing but superheroes human superheroes and when i put my art out there displaying it for the people they were like uh Okay. It, it's like i mean they 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 weren't the audience and and they were like right. humans and if it's anything that's too human they they might be because that's not what they're there for they're there for the animalistic they're there for something exotic i mean yeah you have the human human and that you know maybe like as far as the the being bipedal and stuff like that in nature or but it's got to have like a like a for like a animal type head or something like that or it's got to have a tail of some nature it's got to be something different it can't right. be just the same old same old okay i gotcha i understand that okay so there's different uh okay different um characteristics more so that people look for rather than I the actual creature itself yeah, I mean, if someone went to a, a furry con dressed as a gray, yeah, people would take pictures and, and he'd have fun. But it's it's not something that, you know, that other than being, you know, a, a just another typical gray, it, it's not really something that you're going to see like, oh, you know, oh, I, here's my fursona as well type of thing. Really don't see that much happening. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Well, it is... Uh getting to be about our closing time for the show there's so much i'm sure that we've got people that will have their own questions yeah i haven't and they should hit up, up chris on social media and, and his podcast and uh, exactly. follow up with him there chris can you, you want to give your uh, info one more time please definitely you can catch me at conspire theory podcast you can find that anywhere just go ahead and google it look up conspire a theory podcast and you'll find one the easiest way to find me is to look for the little logo with the little fox curled up in a corner and that's how you know that, okay, you're in the right place. You can find me on Instagram at conspire a theory, separate all the words with, uh, with, uh, the underscores. And that's where I'm most active. I have, uh, Twitter at conspire theory, all one word. And you can also find me on Facebook as well. Just look at my real name, Chris Holm, and you'll be able to find me easily there. Again, I'm, I'll mostly have a Fox or something in my little, you know, little doodad or, or something of that nature. Okay. But the we'll most post the links down in the description too. 
yeah, best place to find me is Instagram. I, I, you know, I'm totally approachable, you know, provided that, you know, you don't get me while I'm at work or something or, or in the middle of commissions and, and I'm very busy doing commissions and stuff like that. Um, let's see. Also, you know, uh, because I dip my toe into the paranormal, you're going to see a lot of commission where I'll like do like artistic recreations of, of people's alien encounters and some of the stuff that they run into. And maybe one day I could come back and we could talk about that. Yeah. These strange encounters that people often have. But as, as far as that, as dealing with the furry stuff, you know, I mean, there's so much more that, that we could go into that we, that we haven't right. gotten into yet, but just to, you know, I got a few things just that I can just shotgun through real quick, just to, just to make sure that we get all of my notes covered. <laughs> did, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, absolutely. No. I mean, yeah. By 90 seconds, 90 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's really popular in the community is referred to as a papu fur. Now those are usually the fur suitors. And whenever you, you know, just so you can learn the lingo. So that way, you know, when you're in a group, in a gaggle of furries, you know, you won't sound like you're out of place. And then we have people in our community who are really, really into the whole identifying as an animal thing. They're often referred to as Therians. And these are the people who like, they take it to a place where for sometimes it's almost like, uh, uh, like mentally unhealthy, but for a large, some of them, like a lot of them are, you know, pretty pleasant and stuff like this. I have a friend who's a Therian. He just really, really believes it in his spirit, in his soul, that he is uh, an, an animal rather than a human type of thing. So it, it's like, it's no, no, but they're not, some of them take it too far where it's almost like a form of defor- dysmorphia. Right. But for the most part, you know, it's just, it's just like, I'm really, really into this thing and I really, really like it type of thing. But they're furries. Right. And, and they're pretty cool. And, you know, as far as the bronies and the furries, the difference between a brony and a furry is bronies are sort of, they, they create their own character, but they're in this pre-established fictional world. Right. Whereas with mm-hmm. the furries, there's not really a trademark or copyright to it. It's sort of like an open source type of thing. You're sure. creating a box in an open source world. And with that, they can take that other places. There has been some drama where... <clears throat> There has been some drama where some people have actually tried to trademark their species where they create a new species and then they trademark it. And then when other people like sort of adopt it or identify as something close or similar, you know, they get hit up by like, uh, like cease and desist, like some drama. Wow. I think, <laughs> yeah. One of the species, like look up angel dragons. Cause there's okay. this one where she sort of, she sort of like made her own species called the angel dragon. And she's sort of like tied it up into this sort of thing where she sort of copyright written it and did all that stuff. Right. And she's pretty much got her own, you know, sort of following of angel dragons and they sort of become like the, the pariahs of the furry community. Okay. Wow. Is it, it's like, okay. Yeah. Angel dragon. It's, it, they're sort of like the, the mean girls of the furry community. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Every community has to have one. It's uh... right. Yeah, well, just like there's yeah. porn for everything. Every every subculture has a, assholes for everything. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you you got to have your mean girls and and yeah, and and that's that's sort of like uh, and it's it's just a sort of a fun thing. And there was also, I think it was a guy called Boomer the dog who was on Doctor Phil, 
Because every now and then the furries, they'll spill out into the public and type of thing where we'll see people, they'll, they'll put them in front of a camera and stuff like this. And Boomer, the dog, was a guy who was put up. He was like, and Dr. Phil, he tried to live as a dog and get his name legally changed to Boomer the dog. But he couldn't because it was already, uh, it was based off of a television show and they held the copyright, so he couldn't get it. Wait, that, was, it that was the roadblock. Hold on, there's a TV <laughs> show about Boomer the dog? I think it was Canadian or something of that nature. So my it uncle, was, every like single Cana- dog he's ever owned, he's named it Boomer. And like, it's a joke that me and my mom have. Like we talk about whenever we get a new animal, like I'm going to name it Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was an old children's show sometime in the, in the seventies or the fifties. It was a very old, like oh Canadian television show. My uncle's not and that this, old. I don't know what his deal is. And this guy, he was like, he's, he's, he's probably in his sixties now, but when the Dr. Phil came out, he was in his fifties. And he like he would like live in a dog house inside of his house and he would eat dog food and he would make this. He made his own suit of Boomer the dog and he was sort of this personality type of thing. And it was very, very cringy. But at the sum of it, the guy was very harmless. He was you know, he was like, you know, he was nice and and cool. He didn't do anything. He was a weirdo, but he didn't do anything mischievous or or delinquent. He didn't scandalous. yeah, he was. He wasn't a bad guy. He was just a weirdo. Just and, weird. <laughs> and and that's it's what's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> Not bad, just weird. Wasn't a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Along uh, with your ten other names. <laughs> right. Which actually uh, might be uh, might be populated sooner rather than later if I don't get the fuck off the show. That's true. <laughs> so, that's true. Yeah, Pat's okay. got to go. He's got to go parent. Yeah, oh, sorry guys. Yeah. It's okay. That, that's the problem. Right. I, I've pretty much just wrapped it up here. I'm pretty much Good. done. If you guys got anything else, I'm I'm ready okay. to go. Chris, we love you. Thank you for coming on. This was an excellent episode. Uh, remember, look at Conspire Theory on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, everywhere else. Podcasts. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that being said, guys, we'll see you back here next Wednesday.